Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game, hour number two, live here on a Wednesday. Nick Braden, D Mace Marquise. Braden will be with us coming up in about one hour. He had some daddy duty things to take care of this morning, so he'll be back for the second half of the show. We got a lot coming up this hour, including Derek Mason. The head coach of Vanderbilt, even though Vandy's on the bye this week, he will stop by for his weekly appearance. And one hour from now, we go back into the laboratory for a D-Mace dissection. He'll bust out the goggles to put the white lab coat on. He's got his scalpel ready, and he's going to break down some plays from this past Sunday. You hear that, folks? That's the scalpel. It's getting Absolutely. sharpened up. Absolutely. we got to perform an autopsy. <laughs> On Philip Rivers and the Chargers because oh, they lost and we won. And I yeah, say we, we loosely, the Titans won. Because <laughs> I know I don't work or play uh. for the Titans. But uh, we'll get to a baldy breakdown in a second. But we wrapped up the first hour of the show talking about the NFL trade deadline. You know, you look at the Patriots, you look at the uh, San Francisco 49ers, both making moves in the last 24 to 48 hours, bettering their teams. So we asked you, what is John Robinson going to do? And we will take those calls at 737 1025. Ronnie's got some thoughts on a Mariota trade. Ronnie, you're on Morning Drive. Hey, guys. Good morning. I'm just wondering, if we keep Marcus through the end of the year and we don't trade him, would we not pick up a compensatory pick? And I'll hang up for your answer. Thank you. Oh, man. That's a good question. We'll have to actually look into that. Yeah, I, I don't know, because be, he'd have played five full years uh-huh. if he walks and you get nothing. I honestly don't have that answer. We will we'll try to Marquis, see if you can get that answer. If if we would get a if the Titans would get a compensatory pick for Marcus if he walks at the end of the year and hits the open market. I, I don't have that answer, so I don't want to speak um Yeah, that's one of those things. Um let me see. Here's here, here's what you got it, it is. Um the definition teams that gain and lose equal number of players but lose higher value players can also be awarded a single seventh round pick. Compensatory picks are awarded each year at the NFL annual meeting, which is held um in March, typically about three or four weeks before. So if you lose players in value in free agency. So like if you were to lose Marcus Mariota, who's a first round pick, (laughs) and then Derrick Henry, a guy like that, then you would probably get a a pick then you will get I think you have to it has to be obviously it has to be awarded to you here it is I'm about to tell you right now almost sounds um, too good to be true right like I'm gonna let free agents walk I'll get picks back sure um, okay I'm just gonna give you a team um they got the 2020 NFL draft compensatory pick projection for every team okay here um this is NFL.com yeah this is NFL.com I don't think they have every team um I'm trying to look for the Titans here um, they don't have every team. They have a few teams here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Tennessee Titans. Uh, no, they don't have it. But I'm gonna give you, say for instance, like, um, team projection to receive four picks. The New England Patriots. Uh, their projected 2020 uh, compensatory picks: two in round three and two in round six. Key free agent losses: Trey Flowers. Uh, went to the Lions, Trent Brown, went to the Raiders, Cordell Patterson, went to the Bears, Malcolm Butt- I mean, Malcolm Brown, went to the Saints. Uh, they didn't get any free agents. So um, comp pick analysis. The formula is very straightforward here. With the Patriots losing seven qualifying free agents and gaining just three low-price additions, New England is, qualif- is quite familiar with allowing um, high-price free agents to walk and later receiving compensatory picks for them. They are in – 
they are in almost the same spot as last year with four headed their way. So, yes, when you do lose guys to free agents, you then um, I think you then get picked. You know, they pick it out of a whatever at the owners meeting who gets what. Um, so this year, but where will that pick come from? The team that signs the said lost free agent? No, you just get picks. You just you, you know you, you you don't get them necessarily from a team because mm. it it doesn't say that the New England Patriots get you know said pick from you know I don't know the Lions or the Raiders. Like for instance, Seattle Seahawks, they get a projected compensatory picks one apiece in round three, four, five, and seven, three, four, six, and seven. Because they lost Earl Thomas and Justin Coleman. Now, um, Earl Thomas, big free agent, Justin Coleman. But then they gained Jason Myers and uh, Mike Lupati um, back. So they get compensatory picks because of Earl Thomas um, and whatnot. So, I mean, I don't – still, I don't know how they go about it. But you do if you lose Marcus – um, if you lose, I don't know, another free agent that's – I don't think if you release him, I think if you just lose him, his contract is up, um, then you get a compensatory pick. But if you cut him, you don't get anything. Okay. 615-737-1025, the number. Let's get to a Baldy breakdown. Brian Baldinger, obviously, who comes on this show from time to time, NFL Network, NFL.com, and his world-famous Twitter video breakdowns. He broke down Jeffrey Simmons and Ryan Tannehill uh, over the last 24 hours on Twitter at Baldy NFL. Take a listen. Here's Baldy breaking down Jeffrey Simmons. And, oh, by the way, the Titans, fourth-ranked defense in the NFL. He thinks the Titans' defense might actually get better than being a top-four defense now that Jeffrey Simmons is in the fold. Anybody that has torn an ACL and they finally, after months and months of rehab, get a chance to go play like Jeffrey Simmons did on Sunday, it is the biggest joy in the world. This guy is so freaking strong. Dan Feeney had no shot. He went right to exactly where he was supposed to do it, drive right through his upfield shoulder, right through it, knock him right in the backfield, and take Melvin Gordon down at the same time. Look at that. Look at this freaking guy's strength. I mean, he's taking two guys right here. Gordon doesn't have a chance. You see this guy's strength all over the place. Watch him play off Feeney here. Down there on a six-yard line, backed up in their own goal line. Watch this guy just physically just bounce off everyone. Play over the top right here, take Gordon down. Not just take him down, stop him like in his stride and pull him back. He got his first sack. Lining up on the outside here is going to fall into this tackle end game stunt. Phillip Rivers is going to try to step up, but he sees the lane right here. Look, they're sliding to him. They're sliding to him and doesn't make any difference. Here he comes. Phillip Rivers knows when to get down. That's how you play 212 straight games, whatever it is for Phillip Rivers. First NFL sack for that guy. And then down here at crunch time, down on the one-yard line, after Eckler's run, stop short. They got four guys inside, Jarrell Casey. There's Simmons right there. Reaching out to Big Paul. Doesn't let Melvin Gordon get in. I mean, that's the play right there. Look at this. Here he is. Stands Feeney up. Watch that left arm come in. Takes Gordon down. Huge play in Tennessee's unbelievable victory down at the goal line. In the last seconds of that game. Simmons, back in an NFL uniform. There you go, Baldy breaking down Jeffrey Simmons. And if you go on Baldy's Twitter and you watch the film breakdown of that play or those plays, because there were multiple ones he broke down, not only is Simmons just physically unbelievably imposing and just shoving grown men around, like the technique where Baldy talks about him driving through the outside shoulder in game one as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, the kid's going to be good, man. Uh, he, if he stays 
like technically sound like a veteran yeah, already. And he's only going to get better, um, I believe. Um, you know, if if he continues to do what he needs to do and he continues to be a professional, uh, and all signs point toward it, he will be. Uh, he could be, you know, the next, you know, wave of dominating interior linemen in the National Football League. Can we roll the clock back three years on Jarrell Casey just to get a little bit better version of Jarrell Casey just to see this one-two combination inside? Oh, man, that'd be, that would be – I know the Titans wish they could do that. <laughs> can we rewind it? Can we draft – can we draft uh, Jeffrey Simmons three years ago <laughs> yeah. and let these guys, you know, play together uh, while Jarrell Casey's still a little bit young? Um, yeah, that they would be a, a, a inside duel. They would probably be one of the best, if not the best, inside duel combination um, guys um, in the National Football League. Um, this guy, he's, 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 he's just – right now he's just a baby. And, you know, you just see it in him. He's, he's lower body strength. Um, you know, and he's going to be a he's going to get better. And this offseason, you're going to see a diff. You're going to see the transformation from if he continues to be a pro, which I think he will. But the transformation from year one to year two, because he didn't have an offseason, yep. didn't have one. Just when, rehab. Exactly. Just rehab. When he gets an offseason, his kid's going to go. He's going to be a monster. 615-737-1025 if you want to jump in. Uh, Derek Mason, head coach from Vanderbilt, will join us coming up at 730. We'll come back. One more installment of the Baldy Breakdown. We got Jeffrey Simmons done. Now we're going to get to Ryan Tannehill. Wait till you hear what Baldy had to say about your new Tennessee Titans starting quarterback. That's next here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Well, I'm going to give you my installment. And here's the installment of Cool Springs MD. Men, this is for you. So listen up. I know your ears are perking. It's like the dog when you call a dog's name and a dog hears something weird outside. What did the dog do to run to the window? Ears perk up, start looking around. Well, men, when you hear my voice, your ears perk up because you know what I'm about to say. And I've been telling you this for over a year now. But my good friends over at Cool Springs MD, more men have started to seek help for hormone deficiencies and imbalances. Dr. Jeffrey Lodge and his wife Daphne, along with that excellent, um, and experienced staff give men the treatment required to improve their quality of life. Cool Springs MD services have already helped many men in Brentwood, Franklin, Nashville, and the surrounding areas in Tennessee with improving their immune system, cognitive functions, and energy levels. Hey, and there's many, 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 many more other things that men kind of go through as we start to get a little older. They're there to connect you with the medical care you require to have a healthy an enriched life and who doesn't want a healthier life because we know when us men are healthy and we're we're running around and we're having fun and we're enjoying the family everything is all good and there's no better time to achieve a healthy lifestyle because not only will it help you at home it will help you at work man you go you go to work and and you get the job done and you're the life of the of the building and everybody loves you and you go in with that attitude and that smile and just that infection infectiousness that you have because you know why because you went to go see the people at cool springs md so here's the deal you got to make an appointment if you want to feel new. So I'm going to give you the number. Here it is, 615-486-3458, 615-486-3458, or visit the website, coolspringsmd.com.
It is Morning Drive 717 live here on a Wednesday edition of the show. Derek Mason, head coach of Vanderbilt, joining us in about 15 minutes. Braden will be back to kick off the third hour of the show. we got a D-Mace dissection coming up at 8 o'clock this morning as 85 breaks down the All-22. Still ahead as well, Sean Henry from the Predators. We'll do Talking Shop with the President and also Adam Vingan in the final hour of today's festivities. But let's get back to the Baldy breakdown. So we had Baldy breaking down Jeffrey Simmons in his rookie debut, game one against the Chargers. Four tackles, two for a loss, a sack. Jeffrey Simmons looked like he's been playing in the league for five years. But let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. Start number one in a Titans uniform. Here's what Baldy saw in a Baldy breakdown. Can the quarterback change of Mariota to Tannehill be the difference in Tennessee getting back in the race? It was a big difference last week in a game that came down to a yard. But the receivers in the passing game looked much better. This throw to Janu Smith over the top of Thomas Davis in front of Rayshon Jenkins. Let Janu just go adjust to it. It was great. This throw on the outside here to A.J. Brown allowed the receivers to do something with it after the catch. Ball's right where it needs to be in stride. A.J. Brown looks like he's back at Old Miss. This throw here, you love this. Get Adam Umphrey's involved. These flanker drive type concepts right here, he sees it. There it is, right in the middle of the field, get him going. He's a third down buster, that guy, man. He's there for a reason. They got to use him. This throw right here was a pearl, an absolute pearl to Corey Davis over the middle. I mean, you got to have some real stones to make this throw right now. And you got to believe that you can put the ball through the eye of a needle because that's what he's got to thread right here. You got to stick this ball right there. I mean, that's tight. And then Corey Davis runs with it afterwards. Look like a different offense. They had some jump to it. This throw here to A.J. Brown. Look, great switch route right here on third down, right? A.J., Corey, there it is. Legal, screen, no interference, well done. And then when you got to the end zone right here, this throw to Corey Davis with 20 seconds, 27 seconds to go and a half. I mean, it's tight. That window's tight. But that's what it's like in a red zone. Look at the offense line coming down, man. Shared it on. The go-ahead touchdown right here to Ty Sharp in the fourth quarter. Look, I don't know what the Chargers were doing, but there's an open receiver, and he found him. You got Tampa this week. The passing game is open. Derrick Henry will be challenged by the best-run defensive football. They might need more of the passing game this week than what they have seen in order to get their second win in a row and get back in the race. So there's Brian Baldinger breaking down Tannehill, and I think – the thing that really stands out when you watch that clip of him on Twitter breaking down those series of plays from Tannehill is putting the ball in a position where your receivers can make plays after the catch. And you talk about it in this league. If you're open by a half a yard, that's considered open. you got to let your players make plays, and Tannehill did just that. Yeah, you have to. Um, there was one play in particular, and it's not a part of my breakdown, uh, where in the first, it was first quarter of the game, and it was actually it was a it was a penalty on the Titans for a uh, uh, it was an illegal formation or false start something like that. The center hiked the ball early while people were still moving. Yeah, everybody was still uh, in their stance, and exactly. he's still snapping the he ball. Snapped the yeah. ball, um, but what I like was even though and even though Tannehill wasn't ready, got the ball, delivered the ball very quickly. He knew where he was going. I think he hit Janu over the middle. Um, over the middle of the field for like a six, seven-yard game. But it ultimately, it was brought back. But he it was a heads-up play for him. And he knew exactly. Scoured, you know, scanned the defense very quickly. Boom. Hit the guy right over the ball. He knew exactly where he wanted to go. Got rid of the ball very quickly. He was decisive. Um, now, will it be like that every week? Probably not. 
But just a play like that, um, you know, tells me that that he understands what's going on. He sees the field. He scans the field um, very quickly. Um, so, you know, moving forward, listen, I'm not saying this thing is going to be perfect, but I've said, and I'm going to continue to say it, um, I have nothing against Marcus. Um, I think Marcus will be, I don't, I, I think Marcus needs a change of scenery. I really do. Um, just like people probably thought Tannehill needed to change the scenery. Um, but I think right now for this team to move forward, and and to win games, Ryan Tannehill needs to be the quarterback. Um, for the receivers to develop and get better, Ryan Tannehill needs to be the quarterback. Baldy alluded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense being very stout against the run. It'll be interesting to see how Arthur Smith game plans and calls plays this week. You know, if Derrick Henry's bottled up early in the first quarter and a half, the first half of the game, if he's having one of these days where it's nine carries for 31 yards and not much going and Tannehill's having success like he did last week through the air, just how balanced Arthur Smith will remain in this game. But my, my gut feeling about this game, and I, I know every time the Titans, I, I really shouldn't feel this way because mm-hmm. the Titans, typically when they're favored, they don't play well, they play down to competition, you know, they don't stack wins together. Tannehill looked good. He played above his career resume. You know, the last time we saw the Bucks, they were in London. They looked awful. Everything says, with the way the Titans play, with the way this league is week to week, that the Buccaneers should probably come in here and win the game because that's the way things go for the Titans. I just get the feeling that Jameis Winston's going to continue turning the ball over. I think the Titans win by 10 points this week. Um, it's going to be tough. I think they win, too. Uh, but they can't. They can't play to the standard of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, they got to play above that standard. Uh, the defense got to continue to play the way they played. Now, they had some, you know, some hiccups this past weekend, but they were playing against the Chargers and Phillip Rivers. Um, you know, that guy, he just about dissect anybody. It doesn't matter. Um, but they can't have those plays that they had. They can't give up those plays they gave up this past weekend against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Tampa, the Bucks have a, you know, with, with Evans and good, good, Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those two guys, especially Evans, a big body guy, we've already seen that they have trouble with bigger guys. Uh, and, and Evans is a, you know, big, fast, physical player. Um, they couldn't cover Keenan Allen um, and their receivers last week for the most part because they're bigger guys. So they're going to have to lock down and really play the defense they've been playing, you know, for the, for the whole season. And then the offense just got to continue with, to do what they've been doing. I mean, they're going to be challenged to run the football. Uh, we know that. Um, so now if you can't run the football and they make you one-dimensional, what can you then do in a passing game? You look at Jameis Winston, I think you alluded to the stats yesterday, 12 touchdowns, but he's got already he's already thrown 10 interceptions on the year. It just feels to me like this is one of them games where I can see Jeffrey Simmons, Jarrell Casey. I think the pressure gets to Jameis Winston, and we know Jameis Winston is a very erratic quarterback at times, gunslinger at times. This feels like one of those multiple turnover days where, you know, Jameis Winston under duress and this Titans defense that hasn't given up more than 20 points all year, mm-hmm. they capitalize on turnovers. Uh, I, I know we're out of the prediction business mm-hmm. on this show because nobody on this show can really seem to pick the Titans correctly. I think the Titans win 23-13. to 13. Yeah. Um, I, I feel c- great about it. I can see the Titans scoring 24 points. Their, their pass defense is horrendous. I mean, Hargraves and Davis, they're not playing well. Um, 
and their 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 safeties in the back end are not playing well. Then when they go through the three receiver set, you know, Murphy and, and the other guy they have at the nickel corner, they're not playing well either. Um uh, the saving grace is that front four. Um, you know, th- their linebackers are okay. They're not great, but their front four, Barrett, Sueville, and Nasib, I believe that's how yeah. you pronounce his name. Carl. Yeah. They are playing really good. Um, so the linebackers to, aren't bad, though. Yeah, the Levante David yeah, and um, bad. Uh, they drafted White, the kid at, at White, LSU. Yeah. White. Yeah. Um, they're not bad. White's a rookie, so he's still learning. Um, but that front seven is going is what's going to keep Tampa in the game closely. They're going to have to expose Tampa uh, through the air. So this is this is a this is the situation where, you know, um, like Marcus. Do you want Tannehill to throw the ball a lot, even though this all, this secondary is probably one of the worst in the NFL? Do you want him to throw a lot? Because you know when when he throws the ball a lot, you know bad things tend to happen. No, I mean you want the, that ultimate balance of Derrick yeah. Henry, Tannehill, play action, all of that. I think the most fascinating aspect of this game is going to be the chess match between Bruce Arians and Dean Pease. You've got an yeah, offensive right. brilliance. Of, Dean, I mean, let's face it. Um, Bruce Arians is one of the best offensive minds this NFL league has seen in 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dean Pease is on a short list of all-time coordinators. No, you're absolutely right. So, you know, just to watch that back-and-forth chess match, um, you know, is going to be, you know, phenomenal. Um, but I think Dean has the upper hand because of the quarterback. Um, you know, um, Jameis. He will put up a lot of yards, but then he makes a lot of mistakes. It's like feast or famine with 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 Jameis. Uh, he might throw for four or five touchdowns, but he might also throw for four or five interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he holds on to the ball a long time. Um, he takes chances. He's not a mobile quarterback, so he's not going to you know beat you out of the pocket. Um, you know, so I I think Dean Pease, now that he has Jeffrey Simmons, I don't think he has to um, blitz as much as he has been. in a, uh, He had to do it in the past with the Titans. Coming up next, we will transition to a little bit of college football discussion. Derek Mason, head coach of Vanderbilt, will join us. Commodores have a bye this week, but we're going to talk to the coach because they pulled off one of the biggest upsets in all of college football this past weekend as they defeated Missouri as a three-touchdown home underdog. A little Vandy talk. Derek Mason next. It is morning drive. Get out of the way. That's what Derek Mason was basically saying Saturday evening after he pulls off a massive upset of the Missouri Tigers post game on the SEC network. Boy, he was fired up and, and justifiably so. I mean, you know, it, after a while, I think um, because it, listen, he came on last week as he does, as he do every week. And, you know, we 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 ask him tough questions and, you know, he answers them um, and he does he doesn't duck and dodge them. He tells it how it is um, or how he sees it. And, you know, we move on. We don't have anything personal, but those are the questions that we have to ask. Um, but then there are a lot of other, you know, people that are, you know, that he hears the chatter. He hears the background noise. And eventually, you know, it it gets to you, and you just want to you just want to remind people, like, listen, this job ain't what ain't all. You know, everybody said they want it, but until you get here, you know, you think everything is 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 peachy creamy. 
you know, it's, it's just a tough job. We might be an SEC yeah. team, but we don't have a lot of things that everybody else has. Exactly. This is a tough job, man. Everybody say what they do when they get a million dollars, but you know, you ain't. Get, I'm the one with the million dollars. Now nah, I got to. I got to take care of some things. You know, you you chattering and and telling me what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what's going on in the inside. You don't know what's whether it be you know whether he's talking to us or anybody else. And he's he's absolutely right. You know, we can only base we can only say what we see. He talks about what we don't see, mm-hmm. and you know he had a right to say what he said. Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason will join us in just a moment, and I'm wondering too, though. You know, as a player and as a coach, when you come off such a high of beating Missouri, who was rolling five straight wins in a row, is it almost bad timing to have a bye? And I know you love to get rest and you get healthy, but boy, you're feeling good about yourselves, and now you're on, the, you're going on the, uh, the on the shelf for seven days. Well, I mean, if you, you get a win like that, and then it's like, ah, see ya. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going on vacation. Exactly. Nah, I think you just. If you get a win like that, you want to play the next following week. So, All right, let's welcome in the head coach of Vanderbilt, Derek Mason, joining us. Coach, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing well, fellas. Just getting ready to practice in about 25 minutes. So, you know, let's get this action. All right, let's get it going. Now, I was very critical of you last Tuesday coming off the UNLV loss. I make no bones about it. I, I was basically at a point where I said it's time for Vanderbilt at the end of the year to move on from head coach Derek Mason. You came on the following day. You took all the tough questions. You took them in stride. You always handle it with class and give us good answers. And what did you do after a poor showing against UNLV? You went out and you beat the crap out of Missouri as a massive underdog. This has got to feel not only good for you, but for your kids, I would assume. Yeah, you know, when you look at, you know, me playing football, a friend of mine, you know, sent me a text. He said, listen, it's not about, it's not, it's not. It's not about proving other people wrong. It's about you know making sure that your team understands you know what's right, and 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 I truly believe that. I mean, we played the game the right way, we prepared the right way, um, and it was a different type of focus and energy in that ball game. And I and I believe, man, it gives us an opportunity, you know, I mean, to realize what we're capable of. So now, uh, man, that the standard and expectation is there, I man. Let's make sure we meet it. Now, coach, how do you get your guys? Because I've always said, you know, if you want to, and, and, and I don't want this, you know, the mantra, and I'm just thinking of it because the Titans have the mantra, the good, the great, and, and all that other stuff. And, and, and right, you want to go from a good team to a great team, but there are there's processes. Yeah. Uh, there's a process. But how do you get your team, because uh, we talked about this earlier, Nick and I, getting your team not necessarily to compete with who you're playing with, against but competing with yourself because i think ultimately if you set a standard that's high no matter who you're playing even if you win you still have have some area of improvement because you know it wasn't perfect because you're competing with yourself you're competing with your shadow you're not competing with the other team absolutely Uh, and and you know it's taken this team you know a little while you know to understand that i mean mean, that's that that takes a certain amount of maturity Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, D-Mace, it, it does. Uh, you you have you have to understand. You know, I mean, you're always competing. You know, with yourself, I man. You want to be your best self when you play ball. And um, th- this group has worked, uh, but but at times, man, it's been unintentional. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is, man, if you're not greedy about the work, if you're not greedy about making yourself better, okay, well then the team doesn't get better. You know, we're we're not we're not good enough. You know, I mean, individually to just go do what we want to do. Collectively, man, we got to make sure, man, that we we do our jobs. This was a do-your-job game. Every game that we play is a do-your-job game. I mean, it's it's like fingers and fists. You know, the fists are stronger than the fingers, so the group is stronger than the individuals. But 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 there's got to be 
an idea of starting with, you know, uh, uh, playing against yourself, practicing against yourself, beating yourself, and then when you start to to to, to work hard towards towards gaining all the things that 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 go along with trying to improve yourself, which is beating yourself, you know, I mean, improving yourself. The idea is that you know you get better, your team gets better, and now. And, and now, man, you can start to, you know, I mean, grasp everything that's in front of you. And so, that's sort of that. That's sort of where we sit today. This group understands uh, that the work's got to get done, and that it's got to be intentional. So, we'll take the baby steps needed to 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 move towards South Carolina. Coach, I got to imagine you're very happy with the way your defense performed, holding Kelly Bryant in Missouri to 14 points. When you and Coach Jason Tarver put the game plan together last week, what did you see, and, and are you surprised that you were able to keep this offense in check the way you did? Well, uh, I, I think game plans come together when guys, you know, men, uh, I mean, do what you ask them to do in practice. Like I said, th- th- this was a DYJ game and a, a true do your job game. Uh, um, but we we had talked about you know guys uh, you know having opportunities and taking those opportunities in practice. Um, what what happened in this ball game? Okay, man, we tackled. You know, man, you you saw guys populate to the football. You saw you know DBs play top down. You know, when when our eyes got bad, um, I mean, we had a third down instance where you know I mean a DB's looking at the quarterback and it turns into you know I mean, a fifty five yard pass. You know, I mean, off a little you know shallow cross. I mean, it's it. This game was about doing a, doing your job, and when we did that, you know, we we played good football. So, is it is it any different than than, than it's been every, any other week? No, uh, you know, it was more intentional. Okay, I mean, it was about the details, and so these guys understand now uh, that that they see themselves, that they're capable of doing these things. But you have to be myopic, intentional, and very deliberate about how you practice. Okay, man, you can you can say it, but the tape's got to show it. And I think, you know, this Saturday, this past Saturday, the tape showed, uh, you know, what these guys are capable of. And now what we've got to continue to do is hold them to the standard. Now, how do you move him forward? How do you handle the quarterback situation? Mo Hassan uh, was 7 for 11, 120 yards, a touchdown. But Riley Neal came in um, and led your team um, um, to a touchdown late. Uh, moving forward, how do you handle – um, as a team, how do you handle the quarterback situation? If Moasan's healthy, Moasan's the quarterback, mm-hmm. and Riley Neal will be the backup. You know that 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 was about you know being able to take charge of the huddle. That was about being able to provide energy and give you know man this team its best chance. And I believe Moasan does that. And Riley Neal, I think uh, you know made some moves and, and and took vital steps. You know with this with this football team in terms of you know man believability. Uh, hey man, he comes. Man, he throws a pick. Um, and he 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 gets the guy on the ground. He comes back, and those guys didn't flinch for him. Those guys continued to play for him. I saw some things in him. You know, he scrambles for a first down. He dives over three guys to get a first down. Then he comes back and throws a you know a touchdown strike to you know Cam Johnson. Then then uh, you know man, he has to move in the pocket on a third down uh, to 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 flip it out there to Pinkney and, and, and Pinkney makes a great grab. But you know, you saw guys starting to gain some energy and momentum with him playing. But like I told him, you know, after the game, I'm proud of him. But 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 if you want to play this position here at Vanderbilt, okay, man, you got it, It's got to look a certain way. You got to be a certain way. And if you can't be that, okay, man, you 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 won't be the guy. And that's it. Coach, you're seven games through the schedule this year. We know this conference is an absolute grind, so getting some rest, getting a bye, getting healthy is always nice. But is there a part of you that wishes you had South Carolina this week so you can stay, keep building off of that momentum coming off of such a big win? 
Yeah, I think anytime you come off a, a, a game like Missouri, man, you want to you wanna continue to play. But um, that's not what we have. What we have is an opportunity to get better. Um, and we have an opportunity, you know, to get back in the lab and, you know, and continue to, to you know, tackle and, 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 and clean up things that we saw on Saturday so that, so, so that we can start moving towards South Carolina. Right now, uh, these practices are do what – DYJ practices, man. Do your job practices that are all about the fundamentals. Longer fundamentals periods, good on good periods, man, so we can you know, man, get some good, solid, fast speed work and then give these guys a chance to rest up as they've just come through midterms. So now, man, we can make the stretch run. So you guys um, practice for a few days and then um, I'm sure these the, the kids, not only physically but mentally, with what you said, the midterms and then going through the grind of, you know, playing so many games, you give these guys a day, you know, a few days off. Is it, you know, the weekend plus a couple of days off during this week or is it just, you know, we're going to practice four days and then I'm going to give them, you know, Friday and obviously Saturday and Sunday be off for them? No, we we we've had a chance. I mean, we we generally practice on Sunday, so we mm-hmm. we we came in for a light practice on Sunday. Um, we brought them in on Monday, which is normally their their, their off day, but we brought them in on Monday um, to review the film and just and just work through some on field stuff. Um, we went yesterday full pads. We'll go today full pads, and they'll be off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and then we're right back at it on Sunday. Well, I'm sure I'm sure the missus got something to you know say to you about the team as she did before. So missus got to be happy, right? It'd be good. It'd Mrs. Be good Mason got to be happy. <laughs> hey, she, she 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 told me she told me when it was all said and done. Like, where's that defense? <laughs> <laughs> Coach, like, hey, just go from now. Congratulations on the win and best of luck with South Carolina coming up in two weeks and keep grinding. We appreciate it. You're a class act. We're all pulling for you. All right, I appreciate it. You Thanks got now. Derek Mason joining us. Here on Morning Drive, yeah, Mrs. Mason's got to be happy. Yeah, got to win, and t- because now you can go into the bye week feeling a little good about yourself. Oh man. yeah, vacation if you take a little mini vacation, it's a, it feels a little better. You feel a little better about yourself. Now. Oh no doubt about it. Yeah, you don't dinner walk tastes into the, different. Exactly, <laughs> you don't walk into the into the bye week like oh my goodness, mm-hmm. a grind. Now you walk into the bye week, your chest out a little bit. You know, turn the Marvin Gaye up just a little bit louder. You know, hey, you got to do what you got to do. You, you think when Derek Mason walks into his palatial estate after that upset win, he slams down his duffel bag and yells anchor down to the wife? <laughs> <laughs> anchor down! Dude, that, was, that, that went viral this week. It was one of those moments, man, kind of like the Kirk Cousins moment. You I mean, like this? You like this? Scott Van Pelt was talking about it on SportsCenter. Yeah. How much How much run does Vandy get on SportsCenter? Not much. It will turn into a meme. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. All right, we'll come back, react to a couple of things that Derek Mason had to say, and then we've got our own Derek Mason dissection at the top of the hour. Stay there. It's morning drive. D-Mace dissection coming up at 8 o'clock this morning. Sean Henry of the Nashville Predators at 8.30. Adam Vingan will stop by coming up at 9.30. Great night of sports last night. The Predators defeat the Ducks 6-1. to They get goals on the shorthanded aspect of things. They get goals from the power play. A uh, really good win last night against a good Anaheim team who's beginning a four-game road trip uh, that started in Nashville. World Series last night, the Nationals beat the Astros 5-4. to That was an upset. Mm-hmm. And also in the NBA, you had an upset as the Clippers beat the Lakers. You know, I literally was tweeted... Was that an upset? Because it yeah. was a home game. It was a home game for the Clippers. I don't think it was. I don't consider it an upset. But they play in the same building. Yeah, but it was... It it's was, never... When, I think when those two play in the same building, even though the Clippers were technically the home team... Uh-huh. 
The Lakers are always the home team. But I like the way they had. Hey, listen, I, I there are more that. Laker fans than Clipper yeah. fans. I love the the you know purpling. I, that's my the Lakers are my team. But last night, the way they had you know the black and the black and gray with the whole Clipper thing, that was nice. You like that? Yeah, that was nice, man. And Doc, Doc, I mean, people need to. When um, what you call it come back? Um, Paul George mm-hmm. and that team's deadly, man. Cause oh, they I play know. defense. They're feisty. They can score. That team, that's deep. That team's deadly. I was feisty last night because I mm-hmm. I wanted to kick myself in the butt. I tweeted early in the day yesterday that I was thinking about betting the Predators, uh-huh. the Nationals, and the Clippers. All three what, of them won. What made you not? And I did not do. I did not bet on any of them. I just decided not to. It was Last such minute. a good. It was such a good night of sports that I didn't want to ruin it. Soil it with being financially invested, uh-huh. and I would have went three and zero. And now this morning, I've got nothing. <laughs> well, you didn't lose nothing either. I know. So nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Got to do something. I was texting. Uh, Murphy thing. <laughs> I was texting Chase's buddy Ricky. I go, dude, Clippers are the pick tonight. He goes, no, 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 Lake Show, baby, Lake Show. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. Tonight's the Clippers night. The whole world loves the Lakers because Paul George is out. If you were that convicted, you should have went with it. I should have. Yeah. Now you got. Now you. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna try to play catch up. That's what you're gonna do. And then I'll go zero two. Yeah. Exactly. Boston's tonight. I think Boston is tonight. Boston and and the Sixers. Yeah. Boston and Sixers. Um, I got Boston in that game. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got Boston. Well, I wonder what the odds are if Ben Simmons makes a three pointer. (laughs) The, like the city of Philadelphia is spontaneously combusting. They will throw a parade like they just won the World Series in 2008. I want his first shot to be a three-pointer. I want it to be a three-pointer. He should just do it just to troll yeah, people. just come in, bam. Even if it's a low up. percentage yeah. look and it's a bad attempt and he's blanketed and he's yeah. covered, just, just throw up. it up to say, you know, I don't care. Just pull up. You know, as soon as you get, bam, just pull up right at the top of the key. All right. Uh, one thing from Derek Mason that I thought was interesting. You know, he, he it did sound like he wishes they could get South Carolina this week. Mm-hmm. When you played and you guys had a really great performance going into the bye, and I get it, the NFL wears down your body and you're, you look forward to that week off, but when you're rolling, does it kind of suck to have a bye? Um, it all depends. And rolling it, for Vandy yeah. is winning one in a row. Yeah, it all, it all depends. If If you're beat up, then yeah, you want that buy. Uh, even if you've come off a big victory, um, you want that buy. If if you if you're hurt, guys are you know limping around. It's like, whew, we got to the buy and we won. Good. Now we can come off the buy, get some guys you know healthier, and and hopefully we can pick up where we left off. Um, but if you're not injured and you get a big victory like that, you just want to keep going. Uh, but man, South Carolina, they're playing good too. South Carolina's playing good, too. And, you know, South Carolina, are they on a bye, too? I don't know if they're on a bye. Mm, um, take a look. And, you know, maybe you want to play them right away. If you're healthy, then, yeah. No, them. South Carolina plays Tennessee this week. <laughs> well, they're on a no, I can't They say go to Rocky that. Top. Yeah. South Carolina, four-point favorite. Yeah. Um, I got I got UT winning that game. Um, just making picks left and right today. Yeah, I, I got UT winning that game. Um, but, no. Uh, I think uh, right now this gives you an opportunity um, as a head coach to reiterate some of the things that went well during the game um, and to, you know, emphasize on the things that went wrong and get better and show that, hey, listen, like you said, do your job type of practices. If you do your job and we play the way we're capable of playing, we can't beat everybody, 
but we could beat the teams that 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 we should beat, and we could beat the teams that we're we're closer to in, in regards to personnel. Well, and you asked him about Mo Hassan, who played really well and had a better day than Kelly Bryant. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you saw that coming. And Keyshawn Vaughn had twenty nine carries, mm-hmm. throw in four receptions. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn had thirty three touches. You know what? You're at a point right now where you've had three different quarterbacks play. The one guy you can rely on is Keyshawn Vaughn. He should touch it 30 times a week moving forward. Yeah, he should. Um, this is this is the cog that makes – this is the engine that makes the car go. This is the engine that makes the train go for, for, for Vandy's offense. Um, you find a way somehow to get Keyshawn Vaughn into the game early, often, and keep him there um, because he's a – He's a three-down back. He can block. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside. But then also he can catch the ball out the backfield. So there's no reason other than just being dog-tired that Keyshawn Vaughn should come out of the game. And there's no reason if you have the ball, say if you have the ball, you know, for for three first downs. So that's what. It could be potentially nine plays or, you know, less than that. That Keyshawn Vaughn should touch the ball. If you have nine plays, he should touch the ball at least six times, whether it be handing it to him out the backfield or throwing it to him. 615-737-1025, the number. We will have the DMA's dissection when we come back. Braden is here. He will join us, and he's brought goodies, folks. He's brought goodies. Mm. Braden, Braden went to the bakery. I like it. Bakery, hickory dickory dot. Brayden's on the clock with the donuts. Say good, mo- hey, say good, mo- say good hey. morning. Hey guys, hey buddy. That was a yeah, great. Talk to the people, man. What's wrong? With Derek you? Mason. That was a great interview with Derek Mason. Yeah, Derek I, Mason with. Derek I listened to every second of it. He uh-huh. seemed very happy. Oh, he should be absolutely going to turn up that Marvin Gaye loud. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it on, <laughs> baby. All right, hour three. <laughs> the whole gang is here. We're back after this. Uh.